Okay. Great. So, um, oh, to tell people uh, who you are and um, what you do in the world, what you what you like to do in the world. Yeah. Um, Nico, our pronouns are they, them. I'm a drag queen. I was full-time in drag and now I'm battling capitalism to try to um, get back to full-time drag someday. Capitalism and COVID. So yeah, I'm a queer artist. <laughs> and where in the world are you? I'm in Seattle. You're in my, home, my hometown of Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what, what can we think about in our little 20 minutes that we've stolen, 15 minutes we've stolen? Yeah. I, uh, so I'm going to give you three options and let you pick. All right. If that's okay. Yeah. Because I originally wanted to talk about um, individualism um versus like collectivism because they seem to be i think it's a false binary so that's an option yes um another one that i switched into thinking about a lot was um how you change someone's mind which kind of touches on a lot of things that you've already discussed but i think that there's some ways to connect a lot of those like fill in the gaps so mm -hmm. actually changing somebody's mind um and then the one that i was just thinking of today is just how you make a correct decision Ooh, yeah yikes that's a big one um <laughs> yeah i want to hear i want to hear you i want to hear what you have to say about individualism yeah okay um so i i've been thinking about it a lot in it was more gearing up to election and whatnot. Um, um, there was, I just noticed a lot of conversations about, you know, uh, like reckless individuals, like individualism as like kind of a bad thing in terms of like um, kind of putting your own needs above communities and other people's rights. Um, obviously, and then, um, but I think like, I think that it's become a, a politicized dichotomy of like individualism is a, a conservative or even like a neoliberal trait um, versus like collective kind of basically socialism uh, as the hallmark of like, of like good collective community. Um, and you don't believe in that binary. Yeah, I don't think that that's true. Um, I was sitting in a park and I thought it was like a very good example of like individualism and collectivism because like everybody was doing, you know, there's a group over here playing frisbees, somebody over there reading, like some people eating, but we all agreed to this kind of social contract of sharing this space um, and what it means to like maintain a, a park in a community. Mm. And I thought that was a really good example of like, I think that to have a healthy collective or com like community, um, you have to have like, it has to be made up of individuals, recognized and appreciated individuals. Um, and to have healthy individualism, you need it to like be supported in a reciprocity of a community. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that the notion of an individual as a solid state closed off entity is entirely false. Yeah. Because there's nothing 
there is no individual whose formation has not been entirely shaped by others yeah. and the natural landscape. And so if we're ever going to use the word individual, it has to be used as a sort of porous concept, a porous individuality that is always being informed by this outside world. But even that is not where it stops because it's not like the individual is the inside and everything else is the outside. It's that everything's enfolded with one another. And the, I think what I hear you saying is that we see this more porous understanding of individuality at work when we focus on activities that we have in common or undertakings that we do together. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think, well, and not even together, I think more so just um, within a, a social contract of agreement, if that makes it like, in, in awareness of other, because I, I think if we're doing it together, I think that leans collective in, in this sense that there's going to be like a sense of unity in what the activity is versus like, uh, yeah, I did yeah. that lecture that you did on a Portuguese manoir, I think is also a very good example of like, these are different things, but they're weirdly connected. Yeah, Ranciere's notion of dissensus mm -hmm. as a kind of productive coming together where difference is not eradicated under the name of the same. So yeah. like, the political example would be that sort of false understanding of American democracy is like the melting pot where yeah. everyone's supposed to merge together into a gray mass that's the same. The other side of that is to say, no, 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 we maintain all of our differences. But if we do that, how do we ever agree on anything? Oh, well, what if we don't need to come to consensus or agree on things? What would it look like for us to be a, a plural we that has differing points of view and yet continues to act together? Yeah. As a sort of symbiotic creature called the United States. Yeah, that, very that. Because that's like where it's like, it's not even necessarily that we're doing the same activity, but we still acknowledge that we are coexisting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's interesting when you start thinking about this sort of porous individuality, there's really, it doesn't even really make sense to distinguish between when we're doing things alone or together, because there isn't a time when we're not together. <laughs> even your most private, seemingly private activity is in some way informed by and informing everything else yeah so the do you know um you know years ago there was a very popular book by um hart and michael hart and antonio negri called multitude mm, unfamiliar come across that so they talked about they they were trying to um sort of mobilize the instead of what you were describing as like a collectivity that veers too much and maybe just in language but veers too much towards like a sort of communist, um, socialist type of, of coming together. They, they, they were trying to rethink this word common. And so they were really interested in people's activities undertaken in common, um, which had a sort of positive optimistic side to it. And I, I think that it works with your, what you were saying about the park. Um, when we, when multiple people come together in a park, to participate in 
the either the upkeep, the enjoyment of the communication with the park, we all sort of find our everyone who's there at the time finds themselves in common through the medium of the park. Yeah. And it becomes a a kind of Portuguese man of war um, type of, of being that has no real end or um, specific purpose other than it's it's acting in common with park. Yeah. Does that seem like a um, to you, does that seem like a a highly politicized statement or does it does it does that type of coming together you know acting in common that type of individuality slash communality seem relatively apolitical to you i mean i think it it's actually like a, a political statement that pisses everybody off <laughs> weirdly and it's very like non-threatening everybody's sitting in a park kind of way but like um like i uh there's like, I've been trying to figure out how to have dissensus in discussions of, of collectivism in basically, yeah, as you're saying, like the, yeah, if you're dissensus, but you're still part of a community. Um, I've, this is where it gets like tricky and like, I don't want to be a bad progressive, <laughs> if that makes sense. But I've seen a lot of people um, start to cite aspects of like I'm a, I'm a democratic socialist in the sense I like I would like a lot of social programs but I've seen a lot of people start citing like Mao and that's I don't like that <laughs> I don't like the idea because a lot of that rhetoric is if you disagree that's bad <laughs> and you can't have private conversations like it's very like no we are a collective and <laughs> you exist as a part of a unit of this but I think part of my brain pushback to any rhetoric like that is a very westernized ideal of like, no, my, you know, like. Well, you speak, you speak German, don't you? Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, a little bit, not, <laughs> not super well, but. Did you um, study the difference between Gesellschaft and Gemeinschaft? Uh, uh, may, no. <laughs> it was uh i mean it's it's one of those instances where german in this case the german language has a really helpful um difference uh, embedded in the understanding of community um mm -hmm. that we lack in the united states because we have the word community um but this these two words gesellschaft and gemeinschaft make a distinction between a community in which the semblance of the whole takes priority over the individuals of the group on the one hand, and on the other hand, a multiplicity in which the, the multitude of people never lose their individual, quote unquote, individual personalities or desires to the, the whole group. Hmm. The first one tends to lead towards fascism. The second one is something entirely different. When we talk about community in the United States, it doesn't tend to, we don't have this built-in distinction in language to, to do it. So we have to sort of like get to what we mean by community very slowly, but it feels like one of those moments where it'd be nice to have a different word. Yeah. I wonder just briefly, do you think, so how does, how, how does like non-binary pronouns play into this issue of individuality and communality? Like, if, you know, just on a grammatical level, 
there's something very fascinating that happens when you insert a plural like they or them next to what seems to be a individual. Yeah. The brain. I actually, yeah. I, I don't like the grammar of <laughs> not by, of uh, like, yeah. Gender queer pronouns like they, them is something that I feel like we, I'm glad that we have one that's functioning now, but like Z here was the kind of more original and people pronounce that differently. But um, like there were other pronouns before <laughs> just using they, them as a default that just didn't catch on because I guess people couldn't figure it out. So we started using they, them. I actually think that we, our next step <laughs> in that is removing uh, plural grammar. I, we're too classist <laughs> as to start saying they is going shopping but that's we should do that because everybody's like argument that like oh i don't know if you're talking about multiple people or not i'm like we'll just use singular grammar for the rest of the sentence <laughs> so right but that's that points exactly to the problem i mean the, not the problem yeah. but the issue that i see which is that it's like a little wrinkle in thought where people have a hard time associating a multiplicity with an individual yeah and then even the individual when self-reflexively discussing oneself doesn't say we right Right. It, well, and that's, yeah, exactly. It's like not, I mean, I've talked to like one person who was like really happy with the idea that it expressed the fact that they're gender fluid and like that encompasses a large, like not different personalities per se, but like a, a multitude of gender performance. But like, I, yeah, I don't like that it is that we have just kind of, I mean, it's speaking of like German, like the, the general they for that we are pulling our use of it from makes like that's how we say when somebody left their coat or somebody I went to the doctor and they said uh, or they are going to do this yeah. um you know that's just a general part of our language but it's weird to put on an individual so yeah well I, think, well, I mean we're not going to get to the conclusion on this but maybe we can pick up next time from this idea that I, there's these two like intersecting lines which is one that language if we want to help think beyond a closed individuality or the binary of individual and collective, mm -hmm. there's two routes. One is through language to, re, you know, refunction words and language to allow for some other possibility, but it runs into a dead end here or gets, you know, a little stuck in this latest part of our conversation. But on the other side, the other line is not spoken language, but has to do with act, action, public activity, you know, um, gestures or, or the way that you are in public together. And so at some point, I imagine that these two places meet. I suspect that they meet in drag performance. <laughs> and I wonder if, you know, at some point, in the or they could productively meet in any type of public performance, but in drag performance, it seems to be at least more explicit than in some places. Maybe we could talk I mean, about that. Yeah. Drag, drag is certainly a weird career of individualism that builds community. Right. I will give it that. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Well, <laughs> so how are you going to just be, so before you go, how are you going to uh, integrate this conversation into your day today? <laughs> I mean, uh, right now I'm, this is a weird thing. It's like people think that capitalism is about individualism, but I think it's actually like, also has some unhealthy collectivism. Yes. 
because I'm about to go do a job that I'm grateful to have. I, I can't, because of COVID, I can't keep a functional, like I can't uh, sustain myself off of the pay of drag. So I'm going to go rotate vegetables for eight hours, which is like a needed task to make sure people aren't buying, you know, bad produce. Um, I have no personal uh, attachment to it. And maybe in like the, maybe if it was like my food that I had grown, like the Mark's idea of, you know, like building the entire clock myself. So it was precious versus just putting in one gear. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I would like it more. Um, and I certainly, yeah, I like, like my coworkers and everything. It's not a, a dire situation, but it's, you know, like I am not, being an individual by going and doing this job to maintain this economic system of a society. It's a kind of a, a forced collectivism that I, yeah. But there also exists the opportunity that while acting in common as the co-op, which you are about mm -hmm. to do the co-op is like the part right. here, that some insight will, will come to you as to the, you know, non-binary possibilities of individualism and collectivism. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly going to think about it while I'm <laughs> rotating vegetables today. Um, I do. There's a, a new Judith Butler book that somebody recommended about collectivism and individualism. I guess I don't know if you've heard anything about it. Um, I just heard about it the other day. No, no, no. The nonviolence one is the last one that I heard hmm. about violence. I have to look it up. But yeah, somebody literally just missed it. I haven't had time to see it but i would like to um my other my one other parting like i have a few more minutes before i have to go rotate vegetables cool. uh, is i i am curious if because i was listening to um like this thomas hobbs idea social contract leviathan of can we actually maintain individualism within a collective without an authority is a very yes well, you know, the problem with that question is the we, um, can we maintain, is that the, the we was never imagined to house anybody other than white European males. So like the, you know, Charles Mills's book on the social contract, the racial contract, the guy from the race and philosophy class talks about epistemologies of ignorance. His whole, his first book on liberalism goes back to precisely that, which is that Liberalism, like you were saying, now we would say maybe a neoliberal idea, but liberalism is required as an understanding of the individual because the, the basic tenet there is that each individual deserves the same amount of rights and to be counted as one, which sounds good until you realize that they weren't including certain people as individuals. Yeah, fully. So, so what precisely, you know, is a social contract possible where that we is maximally capacious? not until we reckon with the racial contract that subrights and subtends that, mm -hmm. that social contract. Yeah. That's, uh, I love to like cite like, Oh, but like this, like social democracy program works really well in like Norway. And then people are very quick to be like, Hey, <laughs> they're very like white and you know, it's like a, a one cultural note. And <laughs> so yeah. versus like, yeah. Although I now I'm living in the in the site of the the Chaz Chop, which was um, a very strange moment. 
yes, that was fascinating. I mean, maybe yeah. I would love to hear you at some other point you talk about that. But yeah, yeah. that experiment in collective ethnicing, like I don't even know what to call it, like the, an attempt to remove the police, but to make a space that doesn't even require police intervention. It's even hard to talk about as like a, what was the founding principle of it? Um, I mean, it was also, I think, fully was a trap <laughs> to try to like frame people as to like doing anarchy, which was like fully not, you know, like not what was actually happening just because yeah. you, you let people uh, have an occupation site on a block is not uh, anarchy in practice. <laughs> right. um, and there was so much disinformation about it, but yeah. yeah. Revisit that too. Well, yeah. Well, I don't have to rotate vegetables, but I, I will think about this too as I, yeah. as I go about my day. Hmm. This is good. <laughs> good day. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. What more to think about? I'm just going to stop the recording and then okay. I'll say bye to you.